the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. And I am started up, and I do love this city, and it is 6.05 on Thursday. You're almost home, folks, almost home for maybe another big snowy storm-filled weekend, but we shall see. Um, that was a very interesting hour on the uh, Cats at Night program with uh, plenty of guests and, and obviously some high-powered guests. But, you know, on this show, I'm just going to tell you how I see things as a New Yorker. Um, it, this is not a political show. Uh, and I, I disagreed with a lot of stuff I just heard. Um, I'm going to tell you straight out, um, I disagreed with Michael Goodwin that the the, mayor, the president came here just to make a, a, a photo op appearance. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I would be saying that no matter what party the president belonged to um, or who the president was, the mere presence of the president of the United States, if it's President Nixon, President uh, Carter or President Clinton or or Donald Trump walking into one police plaza, if that doesn't show support for the police in and of itself, I don't know what does. And what we just heard was, oh, the police need our support. Well, you have the mayor, the governor and the president of the United States Etc. 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 The United States Attorney of the United States of America is there. The five district attorneys are there, and and what does the president say? We're going to roll out a half a billion dollars in in spending on police. Now I don't know. To me, that sounds like a president who is being supportive of law enforcement. That's that's what it sounded like to me. Mayor Adams, you and I agree. The answer is not to abandon our streets. That's not the answer. The answer is to come together, the police and communities, building trust and making us all safer. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors, and community needs you and know the community. You know, police... The answer is not to defund the police, but to fund the police. Did you hear that? You know what that is? That is a slap in the face to all of those protesters and rioters after the George Floyd incident took place, after the George Floyd homicide took place. The people who were marching through the streets of New York City, who were looting and rioting, and those who were actually very peaceful and and, uh, 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 exhibiting restraint and just 
putting their voices out there, but what were they screaming? Defund the police, defund the police, defund the police. And what did the president of the United States just say? That is not the answer. So forget about Democrats, forget about Republicans. Let's talk about individuals. Let's talk about Eric Adams as an individual. If he's a Democrat or a Republican, I don't care. Let's talk about the man Joe Biden. I don't care what party he's from. I'm, I care right now in, in a moment of crisis in New York is what is being done. And what I heard today, what I saw today, what I saw today was a tremendous show of strength. They did not hold this event at City Hall. They did not hold it at the governor's mansion. They didn't hold it at Gracie's man, Gracie mansion. They didn't hold it at a school. They held it at police plaza. Now, if someone wants to say, well, that was just a photo op. Okay, it was, it, but look at the background they chose. That was a photo op of the president of the United States and all of our elected officials sending a message. Sending a message that we are here for these police officers the day after the funeral. Now, you want to talk about jerks or people who, let me retract that statement, Your Honor, I apologize. You want to talk about people who use horrible judgment, really horrible judgment? And this is a a person who, one of her, her films is amongst my favorite, but Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. She puts out a tweet about, or she retweets something where they took a picture of all the police officers lined up at the funeral yesterday and said, this is what fascism looks like. And then uh, there's a hashtag, abolish the police. And then she puts in there, um, uh, if if we we don't need all the police out on the streets today, well, why do we need them on any other day? Well, first of all, a a big hunk of the police who are out there that day, it was their day off. Trust me, I was in my neighborhood in Bay Ridge. There were plenty of cops floating around. In downtown Brooklyn, there were plenty of cops on duty. They didn't abandon all of their posts to go to the funeral, although I'm sure they wanted to. They did their duty. So you want to talk about, uh, on the flip side, people on on the other side of the spectrum saying stupid things at a stupid time, that's Susan Sarandon. And you want to throw accolades? Some parent, I don't know who it was, put their two little kids at the end of the funeral in a tiny little police car, like one of those electric cars, and the kids are wearing NYPD hats, and on the the windshield, the tiny little windshield, it says Detective Mora, and through this, at the end of this huge motorcade, these two little boys, one has a lollipop in his mouth, he's going down the street, like in tribute to the detective. That that's an intelligent human being under those circumstances. If Susan Sarandon's got an issue with the police, yesterday is not the day to talk about it. You want to talk about fascists? You're going to compare our NYPD? To fascists? Give me a break. Give me a break. RNYPD is so restrained. If you look at the policies and you look at the statistics of New York City police officers and the occasions in which they use force compared to the, the, the interactions they have with the community, if it's not the lowest, it's amongst the lowest in the United States of America by far. So... You know, on, on, on the right side, you're saying, oh, today was just meant nothing, and it was just nothing, uh, merely a photo op, and nothing was accomplished. That's just not reality. And you know what you're going to hear at this show on the Power Hour? You're going to hear what at least I see as being the truth. It may not be the right. It may, I, I may not be right, but it's what I see, not from a Democratic point of view, not from a Republican point of view, but from a New Yorker's point of view, from someone who really does care about this city. I'm not trying to sell newspapers. I'm not running for public office. I'm not trying to sell airtime on this radio station. 
for those of you who have been texting me and calling me and emailing me and reaching out, all you keep saying is, Idala, you keep telling it like it is. You keep telling it like it is. And, you know, a lot of people say that on different shows all over the, the airwaves, but they, many of them have some sort of an agenda. They have something, whether it's a financial agenda, whether it's an ideological agenda. My agenda is the same as I think Eric Adams is, at least today, is to make New York the best it could possibly be. And today, having that show, having that visual of the president, the governor, the mayor, the United States Attorney General, and all five district attorneys, and of course, the police commission, all law enforcement, in one police plaza. And $500 million. I mean, Michael Goodwin says, well, he didn't get into... uh, uh, the uh, anti-crime units, and he didn't get into uh, subway units. And that's not what the president of the United States is supposed to do. He's here, number one, to show support and confidence. Number two, he made that huge statement. It is not about defunding the police. You guys realize that? Did you, did you, did you hear that from Michael Goodwin, wrapping your head around that? That is a direct, a direct assault on the George Floyd protest, a direct assault on the woke folks of defund the police. He, he threw it right back in their face. They said, we're not going to defund the police. We're going to fund the police. You know, I know this is a priority for Senator Schumer, what y'all are doing here. I, uh, if I hear one more call from him that we need more money for housing and more money for cops, I don't know. I'm going to send them back to y'all. But, <laughs> but all kidding aside... This is, uh, this is a half a billion dollars of proven strategies, and we know we'll reduce crime. Congress needs to do its job to pass the budget. Every one of these folks here and come from Congress are all supportive. But, you know, it's time to fund communities, community police, and the people who are going to protect them. Look, as I said, we're, we're not about defunding. We're about funding and providing the additional services you need Beyond someone with a gun strapped to their shoulder, to, to their hip. Twice, twice, twice in his remarks. Now he said, we're not about defunding the police. We're about funding the police. Now you could say this is about politics. You could say it's about the midterm elections. But the bottom line is it's a half a billion dollars. He's, and he, he does say it's about get, putting more cops on the street. Putting more cops on the street the way David Dinkins and, and, and Bill Clinton did right before Rudy Giuliani came in. Look, I give Rudy Giuliani all the, the credit in the world for uh, cleaning up this city. But it was actually David Dinkins in the Clinton administration who got money to add a ton more cops on the street. So when Giuliani came in, he had the police officers to put out in the street. And he is being specific about we'll have more cops but we'll have more community policing, which everyone knows is the way to go. Ask Bill Bratton right now. Ask Ray Kelly right now if, if community policing works. It worked in the 50s when you had the cop on the corner and everybody knew who he was. Remember Officer Crumpke from West Side Story? That's the ideal, where people feel comfortable and confident in going to their own police officer and saying there's a problem here, there's a problem there. So let's not look at it through these glasses of the Republicans and the Democrats. On this program at 6 o'clock every day, You're going to look at it from the eyeballs of New Yorkers, of what matters and what's going to get results. And on behalf of New Yorkers, we're going to now hear from the correction officers, uh, union president, Benny Basio. Stay, Stay tuned.
Well, Connors and Sullivan, those are real New Yorkers. They're the ones who make sure that your finances are taken care of, either if when you're a little under the weather, like uh, some of my friends are right now, or when you're no longer here. Because let's face it, folks, life is uh, not promised to everyone forever. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to have a plan. You know, we have plans for everything. You're going to go on vacation, you have a plan. You're going to redo your house, you have a plan. You're going to put a new landscaping in the backyard, you have a plan. Well, if you love your family and your loved ones as much as we all do, then you need to have a plan. What happens if you're not here? And you know what? One of the things when you put when you sit down with Connors and Sullivan and you do a will, you know what? One of the things they're going to get out of you and have in a document that is so vital, all of your passwords. Think about it. If you disappeared right now and people needed to get into your phone, people needed to get into some of your accounts that are all on your phone or your computer, no one's going to find your password. No one can even get into your computer. Connors and Sullivan will make sure that your loved ones, if something happens to you, whether you're ill and for some reason you can't speak or communicate or you leave us, Connors and Sullivan will do the planning and make sure your next of kin will be there to get you through these very difficult times or... Make sure your legacy is properly preserved. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know their stuff. 40 years, folks. 40 years, they've helped hundreds of people just like you with the exact same issues. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Mitsubishi Freehold today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Sure, you there's not going to be any uh, jailbreaks, that's for sure. Um, and, and, and I hope everyone appreciated my passion for my love of this city and to show that this show is going to be balanced as, as much as I can make it balanced and fair as much as I can make it fair. On Tuesday, we had on Christopher Boyle from the New York County Defenders, who's representing inmates in Rikers Island who are objecting to the harsh conditions that are there and their lack of medical access to medical appointments and the food and the housing. And they went on a hunger strike, et cetera, et cetera. So now on the line, we're very lucky, and I really appreciate uh, my friend Benny coming on the line. Benny, how are you? It's Arthur Idala. 
I'm good, Arthur. How are you, man? Benny, you Benny's a big shot. He just uh, not that long ago won the election to be the president of the Correction uh, Officers Benevolent Association, which is they are New York's boldest. And having been a, a prosecutor for many years, um, I can tell you I see what they do, shuffling bodies back and forth inside the courthouses. And then obviously in, in Rikers Island, uh, they are the ones who uh, maintain law and order. And, and Benny, you know, one of my big cases when I was a prosecutor is uh, a correction officers in Brooklyn in 120 Skimmerhorn Street was moving a, uh, a young man from one courtroom to a cell. And all of a sudden that young man had a razor up in his cheek and pulled it out and slashed Officer James's face from ear to lip. And uh, I prosecuted that case, and uh, Officer and James and I are still friends to this day. Uh, to this day, I don't think people realize how difficult a correction officer's job is. So, Benny, why don't you just give us a little insight um, into what's going on in Rikers? And I do have your new advertisement, or your new, I should say, public service announcement, I consider it, that will play in a second. But I'm going to give you the microphone and take it away. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, as you said, we perform, we have very dangerous jobs, you know, we're dealing with um, inmates. We have about 5,500 inmates in our custody. Uh, We provide care, custody, and and control for the inmates um, in our custody. Um, And throughout the years, it's become extremely dangerous for us. Um, You know, the last administration basically left the Rikers Island to rot for the last eight years of the de Blasio administration. You know, based on this ideology of we have to close Rikers. And um, so they just decided to let Rikers fall apart. No correction officers were hired in the last three years. We just had a class of 75 enter um, a few days ago, which we're very grateful for. Um, we were promised 600 officers. We didn't get, you know, as you can see, we only got 75. And it's just been years of neglect. You know, policies have kind of, you know, um, handcuffed us from doing our job. We get written up through the roof uh, for performing our job, you know, properly. But in the eyes of, of many and the advocates, we can do nothing right. You know, we're getting blamed for everything that the advocates and people feel is wrong with the criminal justice system. You know, so Benny, you know what? Let me just, I apologize for interrupting you, but just to put things in context, I just want to play the, uh, the one minute spot that you guys just bought some advertising on along the airwaves. Let's listen. This is Cobra president, Benny Basio. Last year was one of the most violent years in New York city's jails. Instead of helping to make our jails safer, some members of the city council want to prevent us from separating violent inmates from the general population. I'm a correction officer with eight years on the job. While performing my duties, an inmate strangled me and attempted to rape me, and I was barely able to escape. Council members, what should happen to my assailant? He belongs in punitive segregation. I'm a correction officer with six years on the job. A group of inmates sexually assaulted me in a housing area, and fortunately, a fellow officer brought me to safety. Council members, what should happen to my assailants? They belong in punitive segregation. If violent criminals can be held accountable for crimes they commit on our streets, then why shouldn't they be held accountable for the crimes they commit behind bars? Call your city council member and tell them to keep punitive segregation. Everyone in our jails deserves to be safe. So, Benny, just so you know, the listeners know, tell them what, what is punitive segregation? Well, punitive segregation is an essential tool that we need to maintain safety and security. 
It's basically a jail within a jail. Um, when inmates commit violent acts like assault us, um, cut us, cut other inmates, you know, um, it's basically a cell like every other cell in our in our jails um, where we lock a, a, an individual down because of their violent behavior. You know, crimes that are committed on, on the streets of New York, they deem them a detriment to society. When someone cuts you on the subway, they go to jail. And yet there are some that want that behavior to be okay when once someone is in jail and basically have no consequences for those acts while they are in jail. And we have to be able to separate violent inmates from nonviolent inmates. So why um, why can't you do that now? Why can't you do that now, Benny Basio? Why are you not allowed? You were able to do that. What changed? I just want you to educate the listeners. Well, look, you know, we got the Holt bill coming from um, that uh, Governor Cuomo signed into law. Um, and it's basically has to do with, you know, what people consider solitary confinement. Um, the city council, you know, wants to put forth um, stopping us from using punitive segregation. This is what we call it. You know, they, the average person knows it as solitary confinement. And people think like we are have inmates in a hole in the ground and we're lowering a bucket of water and we're throwing a piece of bread down there. No, it's not that, you know, the inmates still get free phone calls, law library, recreation time, medical clinic. They're just, you know, we have to separate them so that they don't commit these violent acts. And at the end of the day, if you don't commit violent acts, you don't end up in punitive segregation. And Benny, let me ask you this question. There's a lot of debate about closing Rikers Island. Has it, has Rikers gotten physically the actual facility to a point where that is what makes the most sense and to just, you know, find other, you know, like there's the Brooklyn House of Detention, uh, there's, there's barges, there are other housing facilities. What is your opinion on the, the actual state of the building? Is it, can you, can it be repaired or is it just shot because of so many years of disrepair? And neglect. I mean, look, it's been neglected, like I said, for the last eight years of the de Blasio administration. We have inoperable cells. Inmates can pop out of cells at will. Um, but we feel that Rikers is the best situated place for it, honestly. I mean, they could rebuild the facilities on Rikers. Um, we hear that the borough-based jails are going to cost, in essence, of $10 billion to build. And, you know, it saves the taxpayers a lot less money if they just rebuild right on Rikers Island. The other problem that we have with the borough-based jails is that they max out at 3,300 inmates. And nobody has been been able to answer the question, what happens if we go over 3,300 inmates? We're already at 5,500. The mayor has vowed to clean up New York City, right? Gang violence, gun violence. We have babies being shot. The two officers that were killed, God let their souls rest in peace. You know, when when they decide to clean up New York City, guess where everybody's coming? They're coming to Rikers Island. Well, and if I, we don't I, have I, the resources that we need, then then all hell is going to break loose. So, Benny, let me ask you this question: We're, we're talking to to Benny Basio, who is the head of uh, the Correction Officers Union, and Benny, you know, everyone's talking about bail reform, bail reform, and how it changed everything. But now, just educating the listeners, bail reform means there are less people going to Rikers Island, correct? Well, yeah, I mean, in, in essence, right? We, but because of bail reform, we're dealing with a more hardened criminal, right? 70% of our inmates are facing violent felony charges. 
Okay. And, you know, the department decided to house inmates by their gang affiliation. So they have all the blood members in one house, all the crypt members in another house. And you have one officer on the floor and they've created these little armies against us. They made it impossible for us to succeed to do our job. And that radio commercial was us pushing back against the city council members that signed the letter once Mayor Adams says, you know, he's he's in favor of it because he understands what it is to be a law enforcement officer. He understands the dangers of our job. And you can't just have a system where inmates are allowed to assault us with impunity. Fifteen hundred correction officers have been assaulted in the last year alone. So, Benny, can um, can I ask you to just stay through the commercial break and uh, we can pick this up in about two minutes? Absolutely. All right. Thank you. man. I really appreciate it. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks plunged on Wall Street as Facebook parent drops 26%. And Starbucks is raising prices because of higher labor costs. Those stories next. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. If Mark Zuckerberg thought changing Facebook's parent company name to Meta last November would boost its fortunes, he appears to need a new crystal ball. In a huge disappointment, Meta reporting a decline in profits during the last quarter, plunging its shares 26% and wiping out $220 billion of its market cap. That news hit other tech stocks just as the markets were coming off a four-day winning streak. At the closing bell, stocks remained lower. The Dow lost 518 points. As more work Workers have voted to unionize at coffee chain Starbucks. The company says soaring labor costs, as well as the impact of the Biden inflation rate on key ingredients, will force Starbucks to raise its menu prices. The economic turmoil already prompting Starbucks to cut its profit estimates for the rest of this year. Please join me again Friday for my updates. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970. The Answer. We have light rain, 46 degrees on this Thursday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. The NYPD officer who was shot on his way to work this week has left the hospital. 22-year-old officer Manuel Soto left in a wheelchair surrounded by his family and applause from fellow officers this afternoon. 
Officer Soto was shot after two teens tried to carjack him in Queens on Tuesday night. The two teens were arraigned today and are being held without bail. New York City school cafeterias are going vegan on Fridays. It's part of a new policy for Mayor Eric Adams, who's vegan, and that starts tomorrow. City school cafeterias were already completely meatless on Mondays and Fridays, but this is an additional healthy alternative. The mayor says plant-based options in schools means healthy eating and healthy living. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin's defamation lawsuit against the New York Times opened today after a 10-day delay because Palin tested positive for COVID-19. Palin filed suit in 2017 after a Times editorial incorrectly linked the 2011 attack on former Democratic Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords of Arizona to a map circulated by Palin's super PAC. The map showed crosshairs over certain congressional districts. The Times published a correction and an apology the next day, and a judge initially dismissed the suit, but a federal appeals court revived it in 2019. Taking a look at the traffic, if you're trying to get across the Hudson River on this Thursday evening, the Holland Tunnel back to Jersey, it's getting better, but still looking at a 15, maybe a 20-minute delay. Inbound, we're okay. 15 to 20 out at the Lincoln, 5 to 10 on the city-bound side. George Washington Bridge, a pretty good ride. Your forecast, rain heavy at times overnight tonight. Temperatures are actually going to rise a few degrees to about 50 before the bottom falls out tomorrow. And that rain will turn to sleet and ice tomorrow afternoon as temperatures fall into the upper 20s. And everything's going to really freeze over tomorrow night. Flash freezing conditions as we drop into the low 20s. And now you know what's going on. I'm Mike Barker, AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, folks, it's 6.33 on Thursday, and we have a VIP guest um, on the line with us. It's the president of the Correction and Officers Benevolent Association, Benny Basio, here on uh, the Power Hour on Tuesday. We had Chris Boyle, who is a lawyer for uh, a lot of the detainees there. Today you have the head of the Correction Officers Association. So you're getting a little taste of both sides of what's going on inside Rikers Island. And, And to be clear, a lot of times... Those entities work together. They work hand in hand. The the administration at the uh, detention facilities and the lawyers for the detainees. Uh, Benny, let me ask you this: How uh, understaffed is Rikers Island at this point? Oh, we need about twenty five hundred correction officers. And you got seventy five? We we got about seven thousand right now. No, no, no you're getting seventy five new ones. I mean. We just got seventy-five. Yes. Okay. Well, that's not that's not that close to twenty-five hundred. Um, there were a no. lot of rumors about sickouts and and people, you know, officers during the coronavirus because the conditions are, are so bad there for them, for the correction officers that they're choosing not to go into work. Can you address that? Well, look. I mean, our, our situation has become so unsafe and deplorable. We've had seventeen hundred resignations and over 1,000 retirements since January 1st of 2019. And not hiring in three years has basically decimated us. You know, we work in triple shifts, you know, 24 hours straight. If anybody thinks that the sick rate isn't going to go up, especially during a pandemic when you're working that many hours in that environment and you've made it so dangerous, I mean, this is what we're dealing with. So, yeah, we had a high, we dealt with um, long-term effect of covid you know, I told you 1,500 correction officers in the last year had been assaulted. I'm visiting officers in the hospital for broken noses, broken eye sockets. 
no consequences, being assaulted with impunity. This is what what we're dealing with right so now. If so if I heard you correctly, you're laying the blame clearly on money, and that comes from, I guess, does your money come from the city budget, the state budget, or a little of both? City budget. So the city budget. So it's the mayor and it's the city council, correct? Correct. Okay, so correct. now, so that's de Blasio and the past. Have left us where we're at. Okay, so that's de Blasio and Corey Johnson, who was the speaker of the city council. And now you have, you know, the, the new mayor. So what, what commitments has Mayor Adams uh, given to you, to you and, and your, the whole corrections, uh, the whole corrections community to make things better? Mayor Adams has been very supportive right out the gate since he became the mayor. He's spoken publicly again um, for us. Um, and, and the minute he spoke up for us, you know, you had city council members writing a letter talking about the punitive segregation is torture. Um, and, and, you know, my question is, what do you do with the individual that cuts somebody across the face and gives them 50 stitches? Nobody has an answer for that. Is it not torture for the person that just received that slice on their face? Is anybody advocating for the nonviolent inmate that got cut? You know, this is, this is what we're dealing with. So Mayor Adams has been very supportive and, and has said that, that we have a mayor now that has our back. And, and did he make any financial commitments? Um, I mean, you know, we haven't spoken about that, but um, I believe he has said that he is going to um, hire more correction officers to give us the tools that we need. I mean, he spoke at the, the most recent um, graduating class of the 75 officers and, and spoke on him having our back, and we're very appreciative. And the new commissioner um, has been great as well also. You know, Good. both of them have law, law enforcement experience, and they understand what it is that we're going through. So that that let me tell you though that obviously that's good news for all of us because as I've said you know Benny some people here so I had uh, I don't know if you know who Chris Boyle is he's like the number two guy at the New York County Defenders and he represents the one individual who I think started the whole hunger strike a couple of weeks ago and you know people are like well well you know why the police officers getting killed why are you putting on an advocate for detainees or people who've been arrested and I know you're going to agree with me Benny the only way we can have the best criminal justice system in the world here in New York is for every piece of it to work from law enforcement on one end to correction officers on the other end and people who are detainees and aren't convicted of any crimes. And even those who are convicted of crimes being treated in an American way, in a New York way. I'm sure you agree with that, right, Benny? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's this notion that COBRA is against reform. Um, that is absolutely not true. We are all for reform. We have no problem with reform. But the problem is that reform has been one-sided to only benefit the inmate population. Nobody's talking about the benefit, you know, things that are going to make everybody safe, including my members, the correction officers that I represent. It, it seems can't be it, one-sided. It seems crazy to me crazy to me that you're telling me they house all the bloods together and all the crips together i mean doesn't that just make them you know so much more powerful and give them the opportunity to you know conspire inside and then go to the phones and continue the the the, the crime that they they're known for out on the streets uh, it's empowered them tremendously it's created little armies it's so don't you have the power as the president of the union to go in 
to the new commission now and say, listen, this is nuts. This is not working. We got to we got to do just the opposite. We got to break them up and scatter them around. Absolutely. The new the new commissioner has committed to that. Okay. We've had conversations where the old commissioner, Sheraldi, had no clue of what he was doing and did nothing to help us, did nothing to break up the gang houses. And I approached him with those issues. And it seemed like he was more concerned about the inmates than he was about the, the officers that he was in charge of. But the thing is, just so, just so people know, because you mentioned it a little earlier about people getting cut, there are plenty of people in Rikers Island who, are, who have been arrested who need help, who need protection. You know, they need protection from uh, other inmates. And, you know, it's your guys or you guys are on the front line uh, to protect those people. Uh, obviously, look, first and foremost, we've got to protect the correction officers. But as I said, there are plenty of people who are in Rikers Island who are not in a gang, who are just some guy who whatever, you know, is a DWI and he hit someone and he killed him and now they're in. So, uh, you know, look, we're all rooting for you just to just to be perfectly clear. Um, I was in Rikers not that long ago visiting someone. I will tell you, I had a very positive experience. Um, you know, you guys kind of got me in and out. You know the routine for us lawyers. We got to get on one bus and then go to the facility. But I was treated, you know, at, with, with utmost uh, professionalism. And But it was clear that, you know, things were, were shorthanded. And it was clear that the morale was down. Last thing, I, I know you guys have like a canine unit over there, correct? Yes, we do. And what's the purpose of the uh, Rikers Island canine unit? Well, the canine unit is uh, basically to find contraband. You know, the dogs are trained to, you know, smell, the, uh, sniff the mail, sniff the um, visitors that are coming in, basically sniff the um, officers um, um, as well, you know, because we come into the facility also. So you have canine units at the front gates, you know, roaming in the jails, um, and that's pre- predominantly what the canine unit is for to, to detect the contraband. Was the, were, the, were any of the budget cuts did that did, was, did that affect the canine unit? Yeah, I mean, all of our units have been um, affected. You know, one of the major units that was affected was our emergency service unit. You know, the guys that come to our rescue when there's riot situations. Um, you know, the 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 prior commissioner felt it was necessary to cut. You know, decimate our ESU teams. And this is another major problem that has put us at an unsafe, you know, dis, you know, unfair advantage. You did you I mean? hear, um, just, did you hear any of the president and the, uh, and Mayor Adams today? Yes, I did. And it sounds promising, you know, and hopefully some of that funding will come to us as well. Okay. So we, as just so we're clear, Benny, as a, a very prominent and prestigious law enforcement official, uh, you didn't view today's thing just as a photo op with empty promises, did you? No, I thought it was commendable for the president to go to uh, one police plaza. I think that says a lot. You know, look, two two police officers were just murdered. Um, and we need help. We need our elected officials to support us. You know, it's it's like the craziest thing. I've testified at city council hearings, Senate uh, committee hearings, assembly. And, you know, you get asked questions like you're the enemy. I, you know, I, I testify and I talk about all the problems that we're under, that we're under attack, that we're being assaulted. And nobody wants to talk about that. They wanted to talk about how many members were vaccinated. Like this is this, our own elected officials don't even support us. Oh. So it was it was nice to hear 
you know, the president say what he said and, and uh, you know, the mayor being supportive. I mean, we need that. You know, All right, listen, Benny, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I've I've read some of your testimony and I see some of the questions that you, you, you're asked and I hear you loud and clear that the, a lot of the elected officials. Now, we're talking to the city council officials. And I know ultimately the speaker of the city council has a lot to do with the budget, but the mayor is the one who I think right now has the bully pulpit. And I just want to end to to summarize what I believe your thoughts are, is that you thought the the president coming here today was very promising and that you have the confidence in Mayor Adams that when that money comes to New York, he will be helping the correction officers keep not only themselves safe, but others in Rikers Island safe. Is that, that a fair summary, sir? Yes, absolutely. Benny, I want to congratulate you. I know you you had somewhat of an upset election. I know you worked really hard, and I know you made an excellent choice uh, for your counsel for the uh, for the correction officers benevolent association in my friend Joseph Jackson, who Joey Jackson, who is really the creme de la creme of lawyers in the legal community. So you're using good judgment there, Benny. Anytime you need anything from us, just give me a holler. We got you back, Cobra Strong, the boldest. Thanks, Benny. Well, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thanks. I'm Connell McShane. This is the Fox Business Report. The major averages tumbled with tech stocks leading the charge after Facebook parent Meta Platform shed more than $230 billion in market value, a one-day loss that would be the biggest ever for a U.S. company. The Dow falling 518 points, the Nasdaq down 539, S&P 500 down 12. Amazon shares are surging after hours after the e-commerce giant reported robust fourth quarter results driven by its AWS cloud division and its growing advertising business. The company also said it was increasing the price of its prime membership for the first time since 2018 from $119 annually to $139. And shares of online pinboard company Pinterest are surging in the extended session after it reported a couple of firsts, a full year profit, and more than $2 billion in annual revenue. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. Biden's massive spending plan has expanded America's money supply and taken money out of your pocket. But you can fight back against runaway inflation by sheltering your IRA or 401k with gold through Birch Gold Group. This is Stephen K. Bannon, and I'm proud to be a customer of Birch Gold. Join me. Birch Gold has created a free info kit on protecting your retirement with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Just text the words SHELTER to 989898. Text SHELTER to 989898 and learn how to shelter your IRA or 401k with gold. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. You probably wouldn't leave thousands of dollars on the table at a diner. Why leave thousands on the table with your tax return? Jackson Hewitt will help make sure you don't. This year, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits. Your Jackson Hewitt Tax Pro will help you track down every last one. So you get your biggest refund guaranteed. Don't leave thousands on the table this year. Discover thousands of dollars in tax credits instead. Check, please. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. 
Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. After the show to Radio Night Live, because you're going to hear Imran Ansari, and that man is a mystery in so many ways, especially the way he moves, the way he thinks, the way he acts, the way he eats. Imran is going to be on with Kevin, and it's going to be riveting, because I get to spend almost every day, or at least five days a week with Imran. I've traveled with Imran, and he is a mystery, a good-looking mystery, I will add at that. I hope you guys appreciated the interview with uh Benny Basio, as much as I did, the head of the Correction Officers Benevolent Association. So on Tuesday, you got an inside look from the def- the defendant's point of view about the what's going on in there and how horrible the quality is. On Thursday, you got the, the inside view from the Correction Officers' point of view. If I could do that every week with a different topic, I would feel so gratified that I was adding some depth of knowledge to all of you and to myself, I was fascinated listening to Chris Boyle on Tuesday and listening to Benny just now. Uh, you know, I learn things all the time, and that's what I think radio is supposed to be. That's why I like, I love listening to talk radio. I have my whole life, and so my mom used to have Bob Grant on all that all the time. Um, and uh, we're trying to be balanced here, uh, and we're trying to tell the truth here. And you know, when Michael Goodwin said earlier on the Cats at Night show that nothing really took place today, and it was just nothing more than a photo op, well, you just heard the head of the Corrections Officers Union, right? So if you want to look at right and left, I would think the head of the Corrections Officers Union is a pretty right guy, right? He pretty much leans to the right. Can we say that? He's like one of the leading law enforcement officers in the city. You know, you have the NYPD, the New York State Police, the court officers, and the correction officers, okay? Those are your law enforcement, city, statewide law enforcement officers. Of course, there's the FBI, et cetera, et cetera. But to say, for Michael Goodwin to say nothing happened today when he didn't even listen to what uh, my friend Paul DiGiacomo, who I've known for a long time because his sister was a, a, a secretary in the Manhattan, in the Brooklyn DA's office when I was there, what Paul said was, well, we actually do need help from the ATF. And that was poo-pooed earlier on, on AM 970 The Answer and another show. And I, I just want to challenge folks, and I just want people to think. It's not so black and white. You know, he... Goodwin's like, oh, you know, we, we don't need federal help. We need local help. That's not true. Paul DiGiacomo said it right off the top. He goes, well, having federal task forces help. Of course they help. They have tremendous resources. It's like adding more police officers on the street. Having the United States Attorney General there, he is the number one lawyer in the United States of America, saying, I am ordering every United States attorney in every district in the United States of America to be harsher 
on people who are dealing in guns, that matters. Now, I do agree. You know, we are the most well-armed country on the planet Earth. There is no country per capita that has more guns in the population than America does. And I do agree that, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people, right? So cars don't kill people. People kill people. Except for a, a little... Audi issue in the 80s where it was automatically accelerating or something like that. Cars don't just cars don't drive drunk. People drive drunk. Weapon guns don't don't kill people. People abusing guns kill people. So yes, we have to address the 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 people who are handling the guns. Manhattan DA and here's where people here's where elected officials or people with agendas you know fool us. The cover of the Law Journal, the New York Law Journal, has Manhattan DA defends progressive policies but admits disclarity uh, in public messaging. And he says, pointing to the data, Alvin Bragg is big with the data. He says, in 2018, blacks were 10 times as likely as whites to be incarcerated for a misdemeanor in Manhattan. So that's an area that we need to sharply reduce those numbers. What he doesn't say is, what were the criminal records of those those black people who are incarcerated versus the white people who are incarcerated for misdemeanors. Now, it, let's just, me, my point is measure apples to apples. If he said first time, first time offenders of misdemeanors were incarcerated 10 times more than first time offenders who are white, well, that, then he's got a very valid point. Then the, the system is absolutely corrupt. But you have to dig a little deeper. That's just on the level. That's just on the surface. Oh, uh, uh, people of purple color are arrested 10 times more and were incarcerated 10 times more than people of green color. But are you measuring apples to apples? Dig a little deeper. Is a ju- who does a judge have before them? Someone who it's a first arrest or a second arrest? Or someone who's got 14 misdemeanors and has been given 10 chances, 15 chances, whether it's drug programs, whether it's, uh, um, whether it's probationary programs, whether it's community service. And finally, this is the fifth time or 15th time before them. And they say, look, there's nothing more I could do. My hands are tied. Do we need to get into those communities, the economically deprived communities, the communities where crime is clearly more prevalent than others? A hundred percent. Everybody agrees with that. But let's not BS ourselves with these these statements. Oh, black people are incarcerated 10 times more on misdemeanors than white people. But let's dig a little deeper. Let's have real conversations. So, yes, to sell papers in the New York Post, it's evil easy for Michael Goodwin to say, nothing really happened today. And those of you who are listening on your car ride home are like, oh, I guess nothing really happened. You just heard the president of the Correction Officers Union say it was very promising. It, this is, the again, one of the top law enforcement people in the state. And he's like, I think it was very promising. Not only did he talk about $300 million for cops, he talked about um, he talked about money for community programs. What about the police athletic league? Hopefully some of that money will go in there. That's of, of all the great things that John Katsimatidis does, of all the money that he spreads around this city to make it the best city we can be, the, the police athletic league is a proven vehicle to stop crime. Eric Adams said the more, prosperous, uh, the more prosperity in our neighborhoods, the less crime. 100% correct. So there are a lot of problems to be fixed, but they're only going to be fixed if we're real about them. We're not about the right side. We're not about the left side. We're not about statistics. You know, this because I know I've spoken, Alvin, and, and 
look, when you're face-to-face with him, like when you're face-to-face with de Blasio, like when you're face-to-face to George W. Bush, like when you're face-to-face to Bill Clinton, these are insanely charming, engaging people. I mean, Clinton is on a whole other level, but... Um, he Alvin Bragg is he's also an intelligent guy. But guess what? He does not have a lot of state local experience. He was a United States attorney where they don't even know where the state courthouse is. Usually the United States attorneys, you know, for a lot of times their education is on a whole other level and they look down at the state the state uh, prosecutors. But so that's where he was, which is a very prestigious place to be. Then he was at the state attorney general's office, and he was a big shot over there. But you're not in the, the, the ins and outs of criminal law. You just It's just not what you do when you're in the attorney general's office. But So he's always talking about data, data, data. And when he's talking about the data, you could spin statistics any way you want. One of the few A's that I got in my whole educational life from, uh, I did pretty well in, in grammar school. PS 185, I did good. But after that, it was all downhill. Gym but, class? But, uh, no, not even gym class. I wasn't good there either. Music? No, it wasn't. I remember my father yelling at me. He goes, how do you get an F in the baritone, a D in the baritone horn? I'm like, Dad, it's so heavy, I couldn't carry it. But he's always talking about data, data, data. But let's be fair about the data. I got an A in statistics because I realized you can manipulate them into anything you want. So this was a very heated show for me. It was a very passionate show for me. If I was going to rename this show, I would say it's the the power passion hour or the passionate power hour because my buddies who came up with the phrase, the city I love is so true. I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm so not going anywhere that, um, you know, I'm not buying a, a second house outside of New York state. Like all my friends seem to be doing. Um, there was so much other stuff I wanted to cover. I have so many papers in front of me. The whole thing with CNN blowing up with Chris Cuomo, uh, basically, I think he's the one who blow up, blew up Jeff Zucker cause he wouldn't, he didn't pay out Cuomo the rest of his contract. So I think Cuomo went and squealed about this affair. And if you're going to get rid of Chris Cuomo because he helped, uh, his brother and violated an office policy, then you got to get rid of Jeff Zucker who didn't disclose to everyone that he had, um, an affair with someone who that he needed to disclose. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. The Michael Avenatti jury came in with a hung jury note, means they can't decide. The judge told them to keep deliberating. He sent them home. They'll be back tomorrow. Last yesterday, I failed to mention yesterday was two 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 two, um, and it was my nephew uh, Nicholas Arthur. Louis Bambina's 18th birthday. He's a big boy and he's my godson and I love him to death. And he has a very, very promising future ahead of him in this beautiful city. Congratulations to President Biden. Congratulations to Governor Hochul. Congratulations to Eric Adams. All working together in unison to make the city of New York the best it can be. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.